Welcome back to another episode of the War Room Podcast. I am your host, Chris Mullen, here with Max Show, Zach and Connor McComish. I got it right this time. Congratulate back. me, guys. Congratulate me. I would congratulate you if it didn't take <laughs> six, six episodes. And I'm also like, I'm friends with him. Like, it's not even like a random person. Yeah. Yeah. Connor McComish. Um, today, we're going to go with the Super Bowl, the recap, kind of how the teams were formed, how they played, if teams will take after certain teams playing in the game. We'll talk for five seconds about Kyler Murray and his whole drama and how it might implicate the draft. And then we'll go into our post-Super Bowl slash Senior Bowl mock draft. I will have the evens. No, I will have the odds. Max will have the evens. We have it wrong on our whiteboard. Um, and we'll go from there. I think we're going to spice this mock draft up a little bit by saying that I'm going to spice it up a little bit, get some new players in there, some people you don't recognize, oh, some no. new names. And then one big trade we'll talk about in our mock draft, our first ever trade. Uh, we didn't want to trace, but we think this is kind of like a something that has to happen. We think it might happen. It's very possible it might happen. So yeah, and it made Connor happy. So yeah, Connor's yeah, it happy. does. So <laughs> we'll just talk about the Super Bowl a little bit. Um, so the Rams won. Suck it, Chris. Great game. Though. Um, it was an amazing game, and I think the first thing you alluded to was will teams take after certain teams? That being the Rams, who don't do the draft, and they just sign the best players to contracts, and then they go, and then they bring in new players like Von Miller, Odell Beckham. Uh, They have Matthew Stafford. They have Cam Akers on their roster. So I'm wondering if either of you guys think teams are going to start to take after that Rams mold. I think it takes a a GM with zero ego to take after the Rams because the whole GM, like, they find their, their stars for drafting great players in late rounds and having great drafts, but no one's like, oh, yeah, this GM signed some already really good players and made a good team. Like, GMs are make their money on the draft. They make their money on their acquisitions. They're like low key, but the Rams are just like, all right, here's my picks. Here's some good players. Play. Yeah. Like the owners went on the coaches the second that they traded for all these guys. So and they have good coaches. Well, it's definitely not a sustainable way to do things. No. Um, which is why I think teams will kind of lean toward how the Bengals built their team up. Now we'll talk about that in itself and one glaring issue they still have not solved. Um, <laughs> Offensive line. Yeah. Um, but I think teams will look to maybe more spend more in free agency to kind of boost they bolster their squads, like the Jets, who have tons of money, and the Colts, who have tons of money, who've not reached their where they should be, especially the Colts, who have already a good team, kind of add that little more premier talent you can't really draft and play right away. Then again, you talk about the Colts. They have all the money, but they haven't done anything with it, which is kind of the difference between the Rams. Like They don't have all that salary cap, but they're using it, and they're using it on good players. So it kind of goes... Um, Either way, and we'll transition into Kyler Murray, another NFC West player. Um, him and the Cardinals, I don't really know what's going on over there. If you're not familiar with the drama, Kyler Murray unfollowed the Cardinals on Instagram like a three-year-old and then deleted all of his posts. And the Cardinals' social media in response was like, how did the team sanction this? I, I, I saw it, I was like... How did the chief, the CMO or the chief social media guy be like, yeah, go ahead and like fight him back? They do. First of all, first of all, Kyler Murray probably had like what ten posts. The yeah. Cardinals deleted all of their posts. I think they archived them. Like it's not well archived, forever. but they still you have to go in and manually archive Instagram posts. The Cardinals probably had seven thousand posts. They All those sweatshop interns just grinding <laughs> up the posts. <laughs> sweatshop interns. They the called their, call their guys Christ. over at Nike. The non-air-conditioned <laughs> basement of Arizona. So they're all sweating their balls yeah, off, deleting posts probably for, some, <laughs> because of no, Kyler Murray. Go there. <laughs> Who I'm sure are all taller Stop than right Kyler there. Murray is. Yeah. <laughs> like when they're babysitting the kid, like the, the, the kids like bossing the babysitter around. It's kind of what it looks like. So do you think Kyler is a Cardinal next year? you think it's all... All bull crap. I, I think he's a Cardinal. He is. I, I think mean, he is. I think it's just the Cardinals had the problem, and I actually noticed it I live. I noticed it live watching the game. He's throwing interceptions, and he just looked defeated, and they that game just ran away from them. But you usually see quarterbacks when that happens, like Brady's all up on the sideline, Stafford, and they were all – like the Rams looked confident. The, the uh, Cardinals looked like shit playing that game against the Rams, and – it was, I mean, I guess the Cardinals pointed to Kyler Murray, and he thinks he's being used as a scapegoat, and that's upset him. So I guess that's where the drama comes from, but I, I don't think it's going to result in a change of scenery for him. But if it does, it would be absolutely groundbreaking. I think that next year is a high possibility that if the, the Cardinals don't push far into the playoffs, Cliff Kingsbury is just gone. 
Like uh, I, I did. I think the he's the, the most overrated place. coach. Yeah, he's a, he's a nice manager. He's he looks nice. Like okay, can he coach? No. Like you have a talented squad that was probably a Super Bowl favorite for pure talent, and you made them. You, they didn't play well. Yeah, they were down the last the undefeated team, and they were a first round exit and lost thirty four to eleven. Was it? Absolutely got destroyed by a division rival. I think if they had the right coach, they're immediately Super Bowl contenders, which is like something wild to say because if your team is that talented, and you can't coach them into a deep playoff run at least. Like if the Bengals can make a deep playoff run, why can't you? Yeah, exactly. If and you especially Zach Taylor isn't necessarily a good coach. Like I, I, I think, he I think he's, himself. I think he's a good coach, but also, like you don't. I with the prove himself point. I don't know if he has proved himself because he had a crap team and was crap, and now he has a good team. Well, he also didn't have Burrow for most of the year last year. Exactly, exactly. So I don't know if it's a credit to the core he has, but. A core can't have production without a coach. So he's certainly there uplifting those guys. I just don't know how much of it is him. But regardless, Cliff Kingsbury hasn't been able to bring a very talented Cardinals roster together. That was a popular Super Bowl pick when they brought in J.J. Watt. And then when they had Chandler Jones had, what, five sacks against Taylor Lowan in in week one? Everybody thought they were the shit. So I don't know. The Cardinals do have some figuring out to do. And... I will point out that I think it's also possible that this is all a big BS PR stunt and they're going to release new uniforms because they have the worst <laughs> they have the worst uniforms in the league. I wholeheartedly disagree with that. I disagree. Their blackout was so they're sick. Okay, they're, sick. But their normal home away I think they're fine. I think they're fine. I think they're gross. No, they no. need a Maybe little Maybe the updating. Packers have worse, but the Packers are classic, so you can't really right. change that. No, but I think some, I think the Cardinals uniforms are worse gross. Than them. Name a team with... Worse the uniforms. Commanders. No, I like those. I, I think those are better than the Cardinals. Mm-hmm. Name personally another. Name me. another team. I personally hate the Browns uniforms. Really? I don't like them either. Just the colors and it's I, so I basic. I was stopped at Browns. Titans have I bad uniforms too. The Titans do have bad uniforms. Oh no 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 no! no their no, helmets the great. New uniforms that the I Titans like have. Them. Wow, that's a hot take. Um, they're kind of weird in the shoulders. I think I think the Texans uniforms might not be the best things in the and world. They're not even classic. Either. Right. Like these are relocation. Well, the Texans can't be classic. <laughs> they're only here since two thousand two. They're not. They're not a classic. Like they're not a good team who has good. Like who has bad jerseys. Like, they're not Alabama whose jerseys are whatever. But they're also yeah. like perennial winners. They're also as old as me. Yeah, but they're also <laughs> perennial winners. Like if it's, like. I'm just saying that the Texans good. don't have anything to show for it. All so. right, back off the uniforms. One more, one more piece of news <laughs> right now for the mock draft. Um, Kevin O'Connell, officially the Vikings head coach. That's awesome. My favorite hire of the process for sure. Really? Favorite. favorite. Love wow. O'Connell. I have him top three, but I have Dable higher. Nope. That was uh, my second choice for I the Broncos. I love O'Connell. I like I like Dable and I I think I like O'Connell better than Connor Earmuffs. Um, I like I think I like the O'Connell hire better than Hackett. I didn't. I'm, but, yeah, you know my feelings about Hackett. I I just think Hackett's gonna have to prove himself. So I don't think he's gonna go out there and like have all those high expectations. But. I just find it hard to hire a head coach who has so is so ugly. <laughs> but hold on, like 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 hold on, Bill Belichick the exception. Connor, are we letting this just slide? I I didn't. Last time I checked, it wasn't a fucking well, model okay, contest. So hold on. So, but, but, but hear me out here. Like, yes, I, Robert, Robert Sala is beautiful. The, to but the like, exception of, of the Atlanta head coach and Bill Belichick, Arthur Smith. name some ugly head coaches for me that, that are actually good head coaches. I'm sure somebody good and ugly? Nathaniel Good and ugly attractive. that are not Bill Belichick. I mean, I would consider Mike McCarthy a pretty decent coach. He's, and he's not. He's well, that's your first problem. <laughs> you consider him like, a no, 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 no. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he. No, when you that's lead two, you. when you lead two teams to the playoffs, I consider you. Oh a good yeah, coach. if your team is talented, the and when you win a are. Super Bowl, I consider that's the you whole good. Cliff Kingsbury issue. Is your team's talented? Yeah, but they also had a first round exit. And Nick, uh, not Nick. Cliff Kingsbury's good looking. Yeah, I don't think he's a good coach. Okay, at that's all. the exception of the rule. He's good looking, but bad. So Nathaniel Hackett can be an exception. I'm just saying, <laughs> name me a coach who's ugly and is good at football. Oh you can't God. do it. Let's do a mock draft. Dan Quinn. <laughs> Dan Quinn's not ugly. Dan Quinn is not what? a very attractive person. Better looking right. than Nathaniel Hackett is. Kevin right. Stefanski. It's not bad looking compared to Nathaniel Hackett. All right. Chris, top three. I really hope your girlfriend doesn't listen. <laughs> <laughs> Chris, Chris, real quick. Top three hottest head coaches. Oh, well, Cliff at Sean one. Sean McVay. Cliff one. No, I no, think no. LaFleur's, LaFleur's got to be Kyle Shanahan. Kyle Shanahan. Oh, Kyle Shanahan beats Sean McVay. Oh, shit, you're right. Mc- All right, there's Shanahan, Shanahan at three. Yep. 
So what? We're just talking about the whole the whole McVeigh staff, basically. Yeah, the McVeigh. <laughs> the McVeigh tree, just pumping out good McVeigh boys. Coaches. Yeah, We're smart nerds. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> and care about culture. What a world we live in. What a world. What a world. Also, are we are we calling are we calling Bruce Arians the best looking dude? Oh shit, you're right. That's yeah. So Brucey's not uh, the hottest. All right, fair. We'll see if he turns into okay, Bruce Arians. Okay, and. Without further ado, a Super Bowl winning head coach who I hope you don't call attractive, Doug Peterson, <laughs> is on the clock at All number right, one. This is my pick. This is my pick here. Number one, the clock. <laughs> do, 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 do. We did not head. need that, but That's thank my you. Music. We, we did need that first. No, we of all. didn't. Evan Neal, uh, tackle to Alabama, will be the pick. Doug Peterson is a guy who builds in the trenches. We saw with the Eagles. We can finally kind of piece together this mock draft a little bit more. We know the coach's styles a little bit more, mm-hmm. we know the GM styles a little bit more. So. Um, he's gonna want a big tackle to protect Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, I think you might want to swing, swing walk a little to the right tackle. I Absolutely. think you're gonna lose Taylor Morton, um, and then you're gonna swing at the left tackle or move at guard, whatever you want to do. But he is the cornerstone to your to your new offense. Um, I think you need to find Trevor Lawrence that piece. That was one of the easier picks of this yeah. mock draft. And so we had our offensive big board, and we talked about this a lot, where we both have Akeem Aquanu as the top tackle. I think but it's clear. Evan Neal is a way better fit for the Jaguars. Yes. It's it's like uh, Sewell and Slater for the Bengals, and it right. was like Slater and Sewell for the Chargers, which ended up working out perfectly, and the Lions got a steal. But... I think Neil has to is that pass protector where Aquanu is a guy that's going to help you in more. I think of like a power scheme where Trevor Lawrence, you're going to want him throwing the ball as much as you can. So I think that's a great fit. Um, I'm going to keep Michigan and Michigan at pick number two for the Lions. I'm going to take Aiden Hutchinson, and I think they can have their choice between Hutchinson or Thibodeau. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if they say screw it and just take Aquanu or trade this pick. I think it's a real BPA situation, and I think when I'm going to sleep at night and picturing Dan Campbell's big board in my head, Aiden Hutchinson's the only guy on the first page. So I think Hutchinson fits what Campbell wants to do. I think he's the uh, the kneecap taker offer that Campbell's looking for. Um, and I think Hutchinson is going to be the favorite for defensive rookie of the year going into next season. I really like the fit with Detroit. Yeah, I think it's likely. Um, I think also, so going to three, Lovey Smith is the new head coach, or I guess not new, but the recently promoted fire, whatever you want to call it, Lovey Smith's the new head coach. Recently promoted head coach of the Houston Whose Texans. Whose previous head coach was fired. Yes. Whatever. Um, Lovey Smith, in all of his successful seasons, has had a star linebacker with him. Oh, you're not doing it. I'm not. I'm just explaining why I'm going to segue to the guy who I'm actually picking. He's always had a successful linebacker, which is what to say is Devin Lloyd's a guy you should watch for. I am not picking Devin Lloyd at three. That I agree with. I agree that that could be something that builds up from now till April. Right. If Devin Lloyd tests the way we think he will at the Combine, which will be astronomical for a linebacker. By the way, I just thought of this, but Devin Lloyd is what like Jalen Petre dreams to be. I, yeah. I slightly think. I, and one's a linebacker, the other's a safety. But Devin Lloyd's cover ability... It's like I'm not telling you it's Parsons, but if you want that positionless linebacker, I said it. Yes. So, so to my point, if he if he continues to rise and has a good process and has good workouts, I don't think he's he. It'd be weird to say, yeah, throw Devin Lloyd here at three. However, there's a six foot four safety who can play linebacker, can play stack, can blitz the quarterback, can play great coverage, is sticky, hits hard. It's going to be Kyle Hamilton here. I know what your name at number three. I think this is a lock unless I see Devin Lloyd push himself up. I really can only see Devin Lloyd or Kyle Hamilton being picked here. I think Kyle Hamilton would play a lot of box linebacker, a lot of sets, different kind of moving around with Lovey Smith as that's what Lovey Smith has done for all his great linebackers. So I think we're definitely going to see Kyle Hamilton here at three. I love that pick. Um, and I know, Chris, we've talked about how we kind of have a similar one through six buildup. And it's going to follow, and that's not us being boring. That's just us saying... This draft is kind of predictable. It's getting there. It's getting there. Every draft around this time starts to get predictable, and that segues us into our next pick where I'm picking for New- your New York Jets. And I'm going to do something that if I was a general manager, this would be what I would do. Uh, I love building through the trenches, and that uh, relates to either offense or defense, but look at the Jets last year. They have Zach Wilson who survives outside of the pocket well, but 
I think he needs more protection. But at the same time, Kayvon Thibodeau sitting there and You're it's me just over here. Well, I am. I am. Because <laughs> Akima Kwanu would be number one player on the board. Kayvon Thibodeau fills what I think is the biggest need, but I think you have to go Aquanu just because you're trying to protect the future of your franchise. And I think it's a super tough pick. And I wouldn't be surprised if maybe Carolina knows who they want and they move up to four. Another Carolina Jets and robbery. You just let you just let the you just let the Giants determine who you pick if you're right. the Jets. Where which is not something I would be surprised. Uh, they would get a ton of draft capital from Carolina, similar to the 49ers-Bears trade for Trubisky. But I'm going to go Aquanu here at four. There's definitely no bad pick here for the Jets between those two guys. Like, yeah. Kayvon or, or Icky are just great pick. He's a home run for the Jets either way. I'm personally more towards, more towards Kayvon just because um, I think, as we saw in the, in the Super Bowl, edge, is, edge pressure is so important. And I think Jets can fill... Offensive line in the second round, which much it's like I think both positions are very stacked. You can do either in the second round. I think just the upside that is Kayvon Thibodeau is just a higher upside than a guy of Icky. Both having incredible upside. Uh-huh. Icky, uh, Kayvon being a possible All Pro. Yeah. Um, five, I think makes it easy for me. I'm gonna go Kayvon Thibodeau for five for the Giants. They need edge. They need pressure. They need to build the trenches, which is what their what their their Buffalo mindset is: is building through that defensive trenches. And Kayvon falls to them at five. Um, it's truly fantastic for them with the way that the board falls. They've got to be happy with the new GM and, and head coach getting the star guy here out of Oregon. Um, I know his character concerns because he want to have a better college for studying. Uh, so what? It's kind of important to have both. Yeah. Um, I think that's silly. Yeah, like to say, like, I went to Oregon for better studies as well because there's life after football. Yeah, I think that's important, and he's not a dumbass. Like, yeah. That's a, that's a good thing. He's oh, also smart. You're drafting a player with a good head on his shoulders. Yeah. I don't care if he sounded cocky when he said it. It just means he has a strong opinion it means about he's it. He's smart and he's strong about his own self. Like himself. Like that's a, that's a that's a brand. That's a, that's the guy you post on the billboards to sell season tickets. Yeah. Which is I think what they need. So I know you're excited about what you're about to do in this mock draft, and I think I'm going to give you a layup here at number six because there's something that I think will happen, and then there's something I think should happen. And I'm going to screw you over with number seven and take here at six what I think should happen, and that's Charles Cross to the Carolina Damn it. Panthers. Where <laughs> that's what I was so I'm, ready to go. I'm going to go ahead and pass on Kenny Pickett because the Panthers are going to stink next year. That and sucks. I think you draft Charles Cross to protect who you're investing in in the future, and I think Charles Cross is the best available lineman, and I think that makes the Panthers, while, while it makes the guys who are making the picks for the Panthers not happy, I think it makes the future players of the Carolina Panthers very happy. I would agree. It's a smart choice. Like yeah. I think he, I think he has the will have the most like pre-draft stability in the NFL compared to uh, Evan Neal and Icky. I think he's already, he's the most pro-ready guy in my opinion, Charles Cross. Um, so he'll just step in right away and make the quarterback job a lot easier. Yeah. Wow, I'm gonna pickle. Okay, so I have some guys like running through my head a little bit here. Uh, I know what I would do. I know. All right. I know nobody agrees with it, and I'm just. I'm gonna go with a little bit of shocker. I'm gonna go with the offensive lineman, Trevor Penning. Yes. Is that who you're thinking of? Love that. Northern Iowa, Trevor Penning. Talk about building the trenches in in the New York Big Apple gridiron. Hard nose, gridiron, bit at Big Apple with Trevor Penning and Kayvon Thibodeau on your draft. Like, holy cow, what a draft! Uh Kayvon and and Trevor, what a rookie minicamp they're going to have competing against each other, probably throwing punches every other day. Like, that's just hard knocks next year, please and thank you. Yep. Like, <laughs> get that done, get somebody. Get that done, HBO, please. Um, but anyways, Trevor Penning had a meteoric, meteoric rise after the Senior Bowl, had a great process, did everything the coaches wanted to see, it has grit, is that kind of small school destructive player who like is probably not ready right now to play. Which is fine, but like week three, he'll probably definitely be ready to play. And I, I think he's going to be, if, like they did with Andrew Thomas, right? Andrew Thomas had a very high floor. And that was because he had all the tools. And maybe he wasn't ready to go in immediately, but they stuck him in immediately. Because game experience is game experience. The Giants aren't going to the Super Bowl next year. So I think you just put Trevor Penning in there. Sorry, if, if, he proves, if he proves he's ready. And I think for the Giants, you can't leave this 5-7 without an offensive lineman. 
whether it's Cross, Linderbaum, Penning, you cannot leave five and seven without an offensive lineman. And I think it's perfectly fine if it's Penning. Because if the Giants pick seven was like pick 11 and that was Trevor Penning, nobody would be throwing a fit. And if it's seven, people will throw a fit, blah, 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 blah. They threw a fit because people thought they drafted Odell Beckham Jr. too high. So like, cool the Jets. I think Trevor Penning's worth it. Um, Going into pick eight, which is kind of tough because I think Atlanta should build around certain offensive pieces such as Kyle Pitts, but I don't think they can just ignore the fact that they could not touch quarterbacks last year. Right. I'm in the same boat as you right now. And I think I'm looking for upside here where there's one player that I think might have a more established floor out of the two edge rushers that I'm staring down. And one has a way higher ceiling and the higher ceiling is the pick I'll always make. And that's David Ojabo, who I, I think, think fits fair. really well at number eight out of Michigan. So two edge rushers out of Michigan, and we have one, two, three. It's everything but four. Kyle Hamilton. Exactly. We have we have four offensive tackles. And we have three, three edge rushers and the best player in the draft. Right. This that's is our top eight. I think teams are like this might not happen, right? But if it does, it shows that teams are finally understanding that you built through the trenches. Teams watched the Super Bowl. The and they watched with, the playoffs. The team with the better pass rush won, and the team with the worst offensive line lost. Right. That's and eye-opening. that culminated into the Rams being down in the game. They couldn't put together any offense, but their, their seriously amazing defense kept them in the game, and the offensive line lost the Bengals the game. Right. All right. Number nine, Denver Broncos. But <clears throat> not today. We have a trade. Denver trades their 2022 first, which is this pick, their 2022 third, their 2023 first, and Jerry Judy to the Green Bay Packers for Aaron Rodgers and a 2023 sixth for shits and giggles. <laughs> um, I think we wanted to get this in there because we want to see Denver move out and we want to see Green Bay may have two first round picks because in reality... There's a high possibility that Aaron Rodgers is not on the team. I do think Aaron Rodgers inevitably retires or stays with Green Bay. I think he stays with the Green Bay for on a one-year deal. Right. But. However, we do want to introduce the world where he might move on. With that being said, they have this, this quarterback named Jordan Love waiting in the arms. But you're going to lose your, your starting two receivers. Just leaving him with MVS as his only guy. I don't think you can do that. Yeah. That being well, MBS, said, I think might be gone. I think you're looking at what Lazard. I think Lazard's gone too. Wow. So I, they have no. They'll, they'll retain one. Yes. Of Lazard and MVS. But you clearly can't just keep Jordan Love with Lazard or MVS. Yeah. So we gave him Judy, which right, I think which is yes. That and Judy, you might be saying what they picked Judy so high, but you look at Denver. They just re-signed uh, Cortland Sutton. They just re-signed Tim Patrick, and. In this deal, what we didn't mention is we think with all of Denver's cap space and the fact that Aaron Rodgers isn't going to eat their cap space alive because it's not going to be a 10-year deal, we think a little wide receiver who went to college in Fresno, California is going to come along in the name of Devontae Adams. So we're projecting uh, Jerry Judy to be the odd man out. We're sending him to Green Bay, and we're sending the ninth pick. To the Packers. Right, and right. with here, I think they're going to double down on receiver, I guess, technically, because I think you can't... Again, once again, you still can't go the season with just Judy and or MVS and um, Lazard. Traylon Burks, receiver out of Arkansas, I think fits perfectly with what they want to do. A motion guy who acts as um, a, a receiver who can move around the backfield, has a great contested catch rate for a guy who has a bomb of an arm. Um, I think it fits perfectly with the offense they're trying to run. It'd be Jerry Judy, Traylon Burks, and one of MVS or um, Lazar, which is not great, but it's you get a guy in fantasy as well, so it's doable. Yeah. Um. So I think the first receiver off the board is going to be Traylon Burks, the Green Bay Packers, when they trade up number nine. I love that. Um. I think you could either uh go in the direction of maybe offensive line because they might lose some pieces, but I think it'd be hilarious if Aaron Rodgers gets traded and then they're like, all right, now we're gonna take receivers high. Um, I love the Traylon Burks fit in Green Bay, and I think Lafleur would do so well with that. So I'm going to take your Jets into my hands again at 10, and I passed on Edge once, and I'm going to do it again. And I I'm okay think, with that. Yeah, so I think cornerback has to be the pick here, and I think, why? Who do you want? 
I don't or, want a corner. You don't want a corner for no. the Jets? All right, well, I don't know. What do you want, an edge rusher? I, I mean... I'm taking a corner, but... Okay, well, just don't pick the guy that I know you might pick. <laughs> well, <laughs> the guy I, I'm going to pick for the Jets is Sauce Gardner. Thank God. All right, that's and fine. And I think Sauce Gardner is the best corner in the draft, not by a hell of a lot because Derek Stingley is an incredible talent, but I think Sauce Gardner is the better pick, and I think the Jets need to get a cornerback for the fact that they play Josh Allen twice a year, and Mac Jones is not a bad quarterback. So I think Ahmad Gardner and Akeem Aquanu really helped them because Zach Wilson started to create. They already have offensive pieces. They just need a tight end. And on defense, I think that's just about BPA. And I don't think there's a better player available on defense than Sauce Gardner. Yeah, I think if the Jets leave this draft with Icky and um, Sauce Gardner, two very high floor guys, they got to be happy with what they're going to see week one, mm-hmm. opening day, because yeah. Gardner will be their CB1, and Icky will be their, either their tackle or their guard, likely a guard, actually, because they're going to want to have um, their two tackles um, start. So they'll probably start Icky at guard. Or if, if um, Mikai Becton's not ready to play and he's just lounging around, which is what he's been doing, mm-hmm. um, we might see Icky start at right tackle and fan- say left tackle. Yeah. Which so is a very real possibility. We leave the top 10 with Evan Neal at number one to the Jaguars, um, Aiden Hutchinson at number two to the Lions, Kyle Hamilton at number three to the Texans, Akima Kwanu at number four to the Jets, Kayvon Thibodeau at number five to the Giants. Uh, Charles Cross at number six to the Panthers, Trevor Penning at number seven to the Giants, David Ojabo at number eight to the Falcons, Traylon Burks at number nine to the Green Bay Packers in a trade for Aaron Rodgers, and Ahmad Sauce Gardner at number 10 to the Jets. And remember, this is the war room, not the peace room. We're leaving the top 10, and now I think it's going to start to get a little bit wild as we leave the easily projected zone and where Chris and I get to just spit out whatever we want and kind of make it make sense for us okay so that's never good i'm taking a quarterback here yeah i figure and i'm considering desmond ritter malik willis can i pick it a matt corral i'm eliminating matt corral here i don't think matt corral is a fit in washington i don't like it she's not for me um i'm gonna eliminate kenny pickett here i just don't think kenny pickett is the right fit in the Washington system, I don't like. I don't think he's a bad quarterback. I think he might have the chance to go first. I think he should go six to the the, the Panthers when they, they they ended up not getting a guy in fantasy and saying, "Oh my God, what do we do? Uh, draft Kenny Pickett," which is, I think is a very possible idea. By the way, I don't really like the idea of high floor, like no, a high I, high floor low ceiling. High floor yes. low ceiling for a quarterback, not just good. like rankings coming out of college. Sure, I'm gonna put my high floor guy up top, but if I'm drafting. I'm just genuinely not that interested. So if I was a GM, Kenny Pickett wouldn't be my QB1. Right. I'm going to go with Malik Willis here. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the process, Malik Willis, like, I would like to pick Desmond Ritter here for myself. Like, if I was drafting a quarterback at 11, I'm taking Desmond Ritter. However, the process that Malik Ritter's had, not Malik Ritter. Um, <laughs> I wish that was a thing. That <laughs> well, would be really something. A six foot four Malik Willis. Yeah, please. It's first, called Josh Allen. It's called a first overall pick. It's called Josh Allen. Um, Malik Willis, the process that he's had in the Senior Bowl, and the process he's going to continue to have in the combine and workouts, I find it hard that a team is not going to just fall in love with the kid. Um, he is extremely fast, has incredibly high upside. Um, I don't think he's going to be pressured to start so early on in Washington as he would at Carolina. Um, or another team that picks him, yeah. maybe Denver, if Denver stays. So I think he'll have time to kind of sit a little bit. Um, but he's a guy with such extremely high upside that I can't really pass on him, even though I would like Desmond Ritter to this spot as well. And I like Malik Willis as a fit in uh, Washington, maybe to be the commander's first QB, maybe to be their second QB, whether or not they roll with Heineke in week one. But I do love the pick. Number 12, I think, is very easy for me. Uh, my last two picks or my 10 was a cornerback, my 12 will be a cornerback. I think Derek Stingley out of LSU is a no-brainer here for the Keep uh, his colors. Vikings. Yeah, he doesn't have to change his colors, gets to play with Pat Peterson. So that's the LSU fan pages on Instagram's dreams. Um, I think Derek Stingley just makes the Vikings defense a lot better, and I know they just hired an offensive coach, but come on, yep. look at the defense. All right, do you want to swap picks here? I take your team. 
You've picked twice for my team. I picked at 14, this you pick a at 13. little vengeance move? Not vengeance. I just want to see how you react to my pick for your team. Okay. So I'll, I'll, take, the, <laughs> I'll take the Browns gladly here. Um, and so for the Browns, as a Ravens fan, I think I'm going to go Jack Cohn out of Notre Dame. I like a good fit. Yeah. Um, so Cleveland, I think, needs a wide receiver. And I think maybe it isn't the best move for the future of the team. But you have Baker Mayfield, and I don't think they're ready to say Baker Mayfield's done or Baker Mayfield's staying. I think the Browns are just going to try to help Baker Mayfield right now. And so I think the best move for Cleveland is to go get a wide receiver. And I'm going to take not my top wide receiver available, but I think I'm going to take the guy that I like the most as a fit in Cleveland, and that's Garrett Wilson out of Ohio State. That's my favorite fit for I think Garrett Browns. Wilson fits the Browns very well, and I think he could quickly become a favorite target of Baker Mayfield. Now, I do want to say, I think this is Baker Mayfield's trial year next yeah. year. So 2022, 2023, I think, is Baker Mayfield's, like, if he doesn't perform well, this draft class is so stacked as to, to the fact that well, he's they could, gone. He's gone. Like, they could pick a better quarterback next year. So I don't think this year's his year because this quarterback class has got awful. But next year, they're picking top 15 again. I think it's highly likely we might see Baker Mayfield be moved on from. Yeah. Which is wild because considering a year or two years ago, we were talking about $50 million contract sent for him. Would not be surprised in the slightest. Yeah. I mean, it's a weird, weird situation in Cleveland once again. All right. The Baltimore Ravens here. And now my fingers are crossed. At 14. I think it's just tough. Like, I think they have, like, there's different ways you can go with this, obviously. Um, you can go edge take Jermaine Johnson. He's one of the best players left sitting there. They, they, they can use some pressure. Take Kenyon Green here. Fix some, fix some offensive line issues. Take an uh, interior defensive line. I think it's too early for that, though. I agree. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm watching Max Sweat over here. No, I'm just staring at one player. I know who he wants. And I think you're going to pick him. Hold on. All right. I have my guy. I know the Ravens have not liked their certain player at this position for a long time. First, after one specific game where he muffed a couple of these. Tyler Linderbaum, center out of Iowa. The, the Ravens have had their plenty of issues at center. We have to be honest here. They've had their issues. Drafting a generational offensive lineman. Yeah, I said it. Generational center. That's not a bad pick for the Ravens. I think it's a very bland pick, I think. However... It's a great pick. I think it'll cement their offensive line severely. Have a guy that um, he can, the quarterback can actually trust to snap the ball. Yeah. And I think in the long run, it'll be a great investment for them. So they had Bradley Bozeman play center last year, who was a center for the first time and actually filled in pretty good. But his natural yeah. position is guard. Right. And the Ravens want to be able to utilize him at guard. Right. And he's a free agent. And I think guards. It goes contract wise. It goes tackles are the most expensive than centers because you only have two, and then guards. So I think the Ravens are gonna. They could draft Linderbaum, resign him as a guard. They could go into next season with Ronnie Stanley, Bradley Bozeman, Tyler Linderbaum on one, um, on three fifths of that offensive line, and they have Patrick McCarry to play wherever they want at either guard or tackle. So I think that kind of sets the Ravens up well. I would have gone either Linderbaum or Devin Lloyd. I that's who I, was I think it's just that's who I was whether or not or whatever you value, and I think the Ravens need to value offensive line because I know they love defense, but they are a run first football team, and yeah, they have to help themselves. And I think now coming up, my one of my favorite picks of this draft is going to be Devin Lloyd. Yeah, here at fifteen. I think it's a no brainer. They need linebacker, one of the best players in the draft class is available here, number nine on my big board. Um, I think you're gonna Devin Lloyd's just a guy who played receiver in high school, was committed to Utah as a receiver, converted to linebacker, has incredible coverage skills, is elite, has great arm length. He has trouble reading plays. He's new to the position, but that's kind of what you expect. Mm-hmm. He'll be learning to gain in a little bit more. I think he's, he's definitely a chance to be a Pro Bowl linebacker first year. He will have, a, without a doubt, a great season the first year. I think he's a lock to be a, one of the most highly producing rookies this, in the first year. And if you didn't take Devin Lloyd at 15 to the Eagles, I was taking him at 16 to the right. Eagles. And I think it's a great reactionary pick to what their division rival just did in taking Malik Willis. It's like when the Steelers took Devin Bush a year after the Ravens got Lamar Jackson. It's kind of like that counter pick. Like, you get a dangerous weapon on offense, I'm taking one on defense. And I really like that move. And I'm going to go with another reactionary pick here where the Giants just took Trevor Penning 
and the Eagles need to figure out how to get into the backfield. So I'm going to take Jermaine Johnson off the board here. Thank you. And what a I draft think, for the Eagles. Yes, and they pick again at 19, and I think if maybe they want to go in the direction of wide receiver, you just let that fall to you because it's so deep, but I'm not trusting Trayvon Walker instead of Jermaine Johnson. I think there's a real gap between them. In Did you see what um, Dale and Jeremiah had Trayvon Walker on his big board? Where? Six. Six. Holy crap. Six. Well, I like Jermaine Johnson better than I do Trayvon too. Walker I'm just at letting the moment. you know where the, one of the pros oh, I think he is. Daniel Which is Jeremiah wild. Six is insane. Is, that's wild. Um, no disrespect to Daniel Jeremiah. No, he's one of the best, guy. if not the one best. One of the best in the business. Wow, Trayvon Walker at six. six. Jermaine Johnson at 16. <laughs> and I think the Eagles build that defensive front, and I think the front seven has to be a priority. That's a draft. home run draft. It is. That back-to-back is amazing. Right. Right. Okay. I am here at God, I wish 17. I, had this I know, because there's so many ways I can go with this. I'm going to go with Drake London. Love that. Receiver out of USC. It's literally Mike Williams. It's Mike, Mike Williams in the lead, likely. Exactly. And a catch point guy who can catch deep bombs from one of the probably better deep throwers in the, in the NFL and Justin Herbert. I just like they need receivers. Like yes, the, the interior defensive line. Sure, take that second round when it's much much higher up. Um, but Drake London is a great fit in that offense. I think he will thrive. He was a almost a Blitnikoff winner with the injury itself. Mm-hmm. He's going to be successful on offense. Drake London is going to be successful on offense, and I think I'm going to put this out there because I came up. With this take between our last shows, but Justin Herbert is going to win MVP next season. So that was not told to me before the show. When you put <laughs> me either. When you put well, so Justin Herbert is going to win MVP next season, and Drake London and Keenan Allen and an eventual replacement for Jared Cook, which I hope and pray that they uh, get their fingers on because that would be awesome. Whether it be maybe Jalen Widermeyer or somebody through free agency. Uh, Drake London's a perfect replacement for Mike Williams, and I think that makes the offense a lot better. Uh, interior defensive line's a popular pick here. Take but, a second round. But, 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 this is the best interior defensive line class exactly. I've seen in a long time exactly. in terms of depth. And I think Travis Jones at the turn would be an awesome pick. 18, you just picked a great fit. I'm going to pick a great fit. For the Saints, I'm going to take a quarterback. The Saints are not going to get my top quarterback on the board right now. Um... I think the Saints offense, what we've seen, is centered around the run-pass option. And I think the Saints need to keep that little mojo no. going. And Chris hates what I'm about to do. <laughs> because we neither of us really like this player, but I think it fits the Saints so well. And I think it's obvious that they've taken a liking to Taysom Hill. And so they're going to draft somebody with a run ability who isn't afraid to hit people when he's running. And he's got a big arm, and I think the Saints might be able to make him work, which I think is one of the few schemes that he could work in, and that's Matt Corral out of Ole Miss. So I'm going to take him out of 18, at 18, which I think is his ceiling in this draft, and his floor is like the third Mr. Round. Irrelevant. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, so, that hurts. He picked Matt Corral over Kenny Pickett and Desmond Ritter. Well, I think it's a way better fit for yeah, the Saints. Yeah, but with what new, they have a new coach. Yeah, I think it's a defensive coach and an internal hire, so I don't think much changes. I'm just saying you don't draft your quarterback based on your current scheme. You're based on the scheme you want to build him around. I just you I know how I feel about Matt I do, Corral. I do, I do. And I feel the same way about Matt Corral. I just think from the tendencies we've seen in the past with the Saints, and by the way, they have to get Jameis Winston back. Because no, I know. Jameis Winston is the real deal. Jameis Winston's a legit He's NFL that quarterback. vision now. He does. <laughs> He's going to be putting the Saints into 2022 vision if they can get him back. That was awful. That was awful. Because <laughs> if you know anything about awful. eyesight, 2022 vision's worse than 2020. That's but. really bad. <laughs> All right, guys. Max is no longer a co-host. It's going to be me and Chris. Off the show. Matt Corral, 18. <laughs> yeah, that pick and then that joke was like, you're done. You're, you're good. You're, you, can, you can put your mic away, buddy. <laughs> um, 19, I have the Eagles. Um, all right. They tried to draft a good route running fast receiver out of TCU. Even though there was a better good run, good yes. route running fast receiver named Justin Jefferson. Right. 
I might make the same mistake twice. Oh, no, you're not doing this. I'm taking Chris Olave. Okay, good. Who do you think I'm taking? Jahan Dotson. No. That's, that's literally the mold. <laughs> <laughs> no, Chris Olave, he'll run a 4-3 in the 4-3 range. Maybe. Maybe it's 4-2-8. Oh, I think he might put the burners on. He's a great route runner. Has great footwork. He's, he'll be one of the seals of the draft because he'll be a great pro. He'll be a great pro. Uh-huh. He has a, what's it going to, higher ceiling, lower floor kind of thing, though, to where the other guys drafted have a much higher floor. Sorry. Yeah, higher floor, lower. Yes, you know what I'm talking No, lower floor, higher ceiling. There you there go. There we go. Uh, I think Chris Lobby is a very sound choice. Like He'll just help progress whoever the quarterback is in Philadelphia. It will likely be Jalen Hurts, but I'm saying off the off case, it's not. He'll be a great safety net, which is what Hurts desperately needs in that offense is a safety net. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't disagree. Um, moving on to number 20, which is a very, very difficult pick for me, and I'm going to take the quarterback that I think projects as the quarterback with a higher ceiling for Pittsburgh, and it's not the pre-draft crush landing spot that everybody had like a month ago where they were like, oh my gosh, if Kenny Pickett can play in the same stadium... Like it'd be so nice, and I don't think so. Okay, good. I don't like it. Can I pick it here? No. Okay, good. I don't like it. That was everybody's because Pitt plays in Heinz Field, and like, oh my gosh, no, Desmond Ritter, Steelers. Good. Book. That's I love that because because they've been talking this entire time. We want speed. We want speed. We want a guy who can run. Okay, Ritter. Like, put him with those receivers. It'll be really good. I think so. I. I think Ritter has the highest combination of upside and potential skill and potential like best outlook. In, in 10 years, who am I taking? I think I'm taking Desmond Ritter. Look at us. No thanks to me that Kenny Pickett is sitting on the board after three yeah, quarterbacks he's go the off the board. the fourth quarterback taken. That's how weird this drive class is. Kenny mm-hmm. Pickett, who's supposed to be the first quarterback taken, is falling to the fourth. Yeah. There's a world he makes not, doesn't make it out of the, he makes it out of the first round here. I, I think so. Kenny Pickett could be that guy no, in the green room every year. But we'll see. I think a team will trade up for him, likely, or he'll fall to 32. and Not to spoil this draft, but... <laughs> yeah, maybe. Um... Patriots here, 21. They've hired Bill O'Brien back as an offensive assistant. Joe Judge? and No, oh, Joe Judge and Bill O'Brien are back, I think. Really? Yes. Wow. I did not know Bill O'Brien left. I believe. I Wait, actually, who? I might not be Bill O'Brien. I might be wrong. I think Joe I Judge went somewhere. Got yes, hired somewhere. To the Patriots. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I might be wrong about, about Bill O'Brien. I can't remember. Bill O'Brien is not. He's still at Alabama. Okay, then I was wrong. I'm pretty sure. Um... So, this pick, like, I think it's going to be weird. I'm going to stick with my guns and go what I've always been going with. Um, psych! I lied. Oh, my. J-Mo. Welcome to <laughs> New England. That sucks the way that sounds. Um, no, that's just terrifying because I'm so used to rooting against, for the, against the Patriots. Yeah, so Jameson Williams, speedy receiver out of Alabama, who worked with their current quarterback, Mac Jones. Um... Good connection already. He's extremely fast. Once again, a safety net for that quarterback. He'll be recovered by the time they pick him. Like He'll be ready for the training camps. Um, I think it's a good pick. They're, they're backing on his value after the injury, which scares me a little bit. And, you know, they don't have the best track record of drafting receivers in the first round. I think this might be a safety net for Mac Jones to really develop under a speedy guy who kind of stretch the field for him before other guys will get open. I do like the pick um, of Jamison Williams to the – to the Patriots because I think that Alabama Patriots pipeline runs deep. And, and I Max, think, what else will we save here? What else will not happen now? That we picked Jameson Williams at 21. So oh, he's not going to the Chiefs. He's not going finally. to the Chiefs. <laughs> finally, finally, finally. So I have the Raiders in my hands, which <laughs> is always a fun pick because I can do whatever I want. And I think with the Raiders, I think it's a tough pick to make until you really – just look at the team and what they lost throughout the course of the year. And all signs are pointing to the loss of DeMond Arnett for me. And it's either it's either taking corner or receiver, in my opinion. Wow. And I'm going to take corner. I think Andrew Booth is such a good fit here. Um, and I'm not going to think twice. I think Booth to the Raiders is a good start for the Ziegler-McDaniels era. And I think it's that safe pick of a high-floor corner that is going to replace Arnett and make this team much better. And Nate, Nate Hobbs was a surprise in that secondary. So I think they could build something on that defense, especially if they bring Carr back. That's a good team. Yeah. Okay, so I'm going to go with the Cardinals here. 
Um, I think they need some edge pressure. I don't think the guys they have are staying. Um, yeah, they're all they're, they're old, old, and then, yeah. I think Chandler, is Chandler Jones a free agent this year? I don't, I don't think so. Either gone or one more year. Right. So I'm gonna take a guy that can maybe develop a little bit more. Um, Trayvon Walker, edge out of Georgia, is gonna find his home in um, I like Arizona. That. I think he'll have time to develop under two of the greatest, JJ Watt. If JJ Watt's still there this year, and Chandler Jones, mm-hmm. um, he'll have time to sit, kind of develop, work with this young core of Isaiah Simmons. Um, and his name is slipping me. He drafted a linebacker last year. Jabril Cox. No, I'm no. looking at my next pick. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. Tulsa. Oh, Zayvon Collins. Zayvon Collins. I remember the college, not the name. That's that's embarrassing. Um, I think he'll have time to develop. He'll fit the scheme. I think in the next year, 2023, maybe halfway through 2022, he will really just explode onto the scene for sure. I, I like that pick, and I think the Cardinals have to just continue to build on defense. But I'm also wondering if around draft time, they decide to keep Kyler Murray, and he makes them do something else. It's an offensive line pick. But we'll, we'll get there. Uh, speaking of offensive line picks, this is a no-brainer for me. Dallas yeah. Cowboys, if Kenyon Green's available, you don't think twice. That card might get run in from Jerry Jones's yacht to wherever the draft is by Jerry Jones himself. Uh, I think the Cowboys have to get something going in the ground game because I think it helps their team so much. 25, Buffalo Bills. There's a guy screaming Buffalo here. George Carl Loftus, edge out of Purdue, falls to 25 into a perfect scheme for him. He will be able to thrive in Buffalo, in my opinion. I think he'll do a great job in Buffalo. He'll be an instant producer as well. He'll be able to mix and match the other edges they drafted. Um, I think the combination of the, 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 the scheme they already have and the guys that are already in there and him just kind of finding his way in there and kind of making his mark on that team will be definitely big, but great. Great value selection for the Bills here. And you might be saying they took edge rusher last year, but that's their athletic edge rusher that they needed. Now they get their guy that's just going to collapse the corner and be such a great presence. And Karloft is across from Rousseau is very, very I scary. would not want to play that. And I will be playing this of the year, so. Yeah, enjoy. Sucks. Uh, the Titans, <laughs> Nicobe Dean is in their lap, and the Titans could lose a lot via free agency at the linebacker position. I think Nicobe Dean's the easy BPA. Uh, and the Titans, you never know, because they like to take players that are coming off of injury, and Nicobe Dean's not coming off of an injury, so maybe he doesn't fit them. <laughs> but I think that's the no-brainer pick. He's a top 15 player on the board for me, the only one of those left. Max, 27 bucks. I'm going to do it. Do it. The guy who has the high floor, low ceiling quarterback, that oh, just no. needs to succeed. In a system that's already tailor built for him. Are you about to pick Sam Howell? No. Oh, I was like, what? I think no. he's gonna take Kenny Pickett. Yeah. Oh, I thought he was already off the board. Nope. Out of Pittsburgh. Yeah, you're eating your food over there for half the podcast. Yeah. My <laughs> sorry, not sorry. Kenny Pickett, quarterback out of Pittsburgh. I don't think this will happen, but hey, it's it's February. Let's have some fun. I think if he's there, it's not a bad right. Pick. Right. It's not if a bad he's there at twenty seven, Arians could make it work. He can command that offense. I think Kenny Pickett can command that offense. He's in a warm environment, or there's be little that that weather is gonna f up with his gloves. He dis Connor. He disrupted his streak of mentioning the weather last episode, but he's back at it again. Uh, but 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 it does matter this, here. This is the prospect where it matters. It does matter. Yeah, and it does. And if you look around the division, two domes in Tampa, Florida. Right. So that's great. I think it's a good thing for Kenny Pickett. I yes, if he falls here, I think he's definitely considered. I think he can step in there and, and still make the playoffs. Um, still make the playoffs. Yeah, here. I I think Tampa Bay with Kenny Pickett gives them a high floor. So Green Bay is a tough pick for me at twenty eight with Karloftis off the board because they already grabbed. They already grabbed Traylon Burks. They don't need wide receiver. And you know what my default is? It's to go in the direction of taking an offensive lineman, but there's really not a tackle available. So I'm kind of stuck here unless you look at edge rushers, which is where I'm going to get exciting. Because I think this player's a first-round talent. I think people are just afraid to say it. And he showed it at the Senior Bowl. It's Boye Mafe yes. out of Minnesota. Yes. I think it's about damn time. Yes. He starts getting day one buzz. Oh, that was fun. And I think <laughs> I think it's just such a good pick, especially if you lose uh, Zadarius Smith, that Boye Mafe can come in 
and just be a game wrecker. I think it's similar to a guy like Odafe Away, who right around now wasn't really getting much tal- uh, buzz, had the talent, and maybe didn't have all of the places to show it, uh, aka not being able to play in the Senior Bowl because he wasn't eligible year-wise, and now Boye Mafe had that chance. Boye Mafe is a first-round talent. I also just look like he's fit in Green Bay. I do too. I just find it appealing. Minnesota went to Minnesota. I'm gonna follow you. He's a cold. Stay in the cold, buddy. (laughs) (laughs) No, no Miami Dolphins for you. Stay in the cold weather. Miami, this is the pick we both just adore. But yeah, I mean, I think it's obvious. Zion Johnson, offensive lineman at Boston College, kind of just plug and play guy to help Tua. I think this is once again, like we said, Baker's trial years this year. I think this is Tua's trial year as well. Where if Tua doesn't succeed, I think we see the Dolphins going to a different quarterback in 2023. Um, Zion Johnson is is just very good. Like I think he's once again low ceiling, high floor. Like he's a guy who you just plug and you play. You think he has a low ceiling? Not that he's a low ceiling. I think he's just not a high floor prospect. A, no, not that he's a low ceiling, but more of like a safer. He's safe. You yeah. don't draft safe early on. It's not like Falele or Isaiah Wilson. Well, he's not like he's not um, Kenyon Green. He's not. Um, one of the top tackles, like yeah. those guys, can be all pros. I find it hard to see Zion Johnson being all pro. However, I think he'll be a cornerstone for a long time. So I'm higher than on the new on Zion Johnson. I think Zion Johnson could be that cornerstone, like you said, and I think he really could be a guy that tacks on a couple all pro selections, just because of the fact that he can play left guard and center. Maybe you slide him to the right side of the line. He's less familiar with that, but. Guys learn, and already being able to play left guard and center is such an asset. You've got to feel bad for the, the Bengals now. Oh, the Bengals are kind of stuck, but, I mean, that's your problem. I have even picks. Um, they should have won the Super Bowl, <laughs> and then I would, they would have been in my hands. Um, Chiefs, we didn't give them Jamison Williams, but I'm giving them Jahan Dotson, and I think that is a good, good fit for them. Uh, I think it's a similar player toward like Jamison Williams. I think Dotson offers the speed next to Tyreek Hill, next to Travis Kelsey. Uh, I know they have Miko Hardman and Byron Pringle, but come on, you're not going to keep those guys forever. So I think Jahan Dotson with the Chiefs is an amazing fit, and I think he deserves to go in the first round, and he will. I like it a lot. Um, I'm sitting here at 31. I don't like where I'm sitting. Like It's not fun to be here. <laughs> However, there's a guy that I want to get in the first round conversation. You're not taking no line, are you? I am taking no line. Oh, okay. No, no, no. Bernard Raymond, mm-hmm. offensive tackle, Central Michigan. Smaller school guy. I think he has a high ceiling, projects fairly well. Um, he's a guy that can they can finally swing. They can move around the piece a little bit more. They're very, they're very stagnant in the offensive line recently. They're not moving their guys around. I think they can finally kind of move Bernard Raymond around a little bit. Um, he's six foot seven, three hundred five, even. He's a big motherfucker to play in that cold weather Cincinnati. So I think he's just a good fit. It's a fun guy to put in the first round. I think he deserves some love out of the Senior Bowl. I like that. I like that. And I think they have to go offensive line. Whether it's a player in the fifties or forties on their big board, it's okay to reach because. They just don't have a no-line. And I think they'll address it in free agency, but we're not here to predict free agency outside of trading Aaron Rodgers because it's fun. <laughs> and we wanted to make Connor happy and Jesus. give him Aaron Rodgers instead of Kenny Pickett. Um, Lions at 32 to wrap it up. There is Sam Howell, and I'm not taking him. No. Um, and I could go wide receiver. I could go safety. But I'm going to go BPA. And they missed on Okuda a couple years ago. They hit on Oruwarie, and I think they're still going to give Okuda chances. Right. Uh, And I think they're going to start to move him inside and outside, and I think they're just going to try to build that youth in their secondary, and I think the Lions can go secondary uh, twice, and I think it's Trent McDuffie here, and I think that's a good fit for the Lions. I think it's just... Your top corner, it's my top player on the board. Um, I debate, debated back and forth between a guy like George Pickens, Jaquan Brisker, maybe Jordan Davis, but I'm landing with McDuffie because I think it's a guy that has to go in the first round. And the Lions, if they pass on McDuffie at 32, it almost seems like a head scratcher. So right. I think maybe corner isn't their biggest need, 
but they got to go get it. Yeah, I think we have to talk about one guy who is almost projected in every mock draft to be our first rounder who didn't make our first round, which is Jordan Davis. Yeah. And, and I we, wouldn't be like surprised he said if last time falls out. Um, we did a mock draft, we talked about our players actually, defensive, our defensive rankings. It's hard to draft a guy so early who cannot play all the downs. Yeah. Like, it's hard. Unless he, unless he impresses interviews and, and shows how, like, a plan how he's going to cut weight and he talks to the, the, the trainers and the, the coaching staff and they, they kind of formulate a plan around him to cut weight. I personally cannot draft a guy who can only play two downs a series on my team. I don't care how destructive he is. He can't play. He can't play on my team. And I'm going back to the Matt Corral pick, um, which I think has similarities to Jordan Davis falling out of the first round because Corral only really fits with a couple teams. Right. Jordan Davis really only fits with a couple teams. Right. Like the Chargers can afford that. And the I, didn't, Chargers, I just couldn't do it this and time. And Drake London's there. There's and you better have to value take second and round. That's a better player. Right. So I think if Jordan Davis doesn't land with those teams, he's probably going to be hoping he doesn't accept an invite to the draft green room. Because <laughs> uh, he might be in for a two-day stay. Speaking of the worst green room ever, Kenny Pickett's going to have a rough one in this draft. Yeah, I want that camera on him all day. Wild when he gets taken 27, and he's like, you guys can suck it. I'm going to the box. Yeah, in warm weather, Kenny yeah. Pickett. Yeah, I, w- I wish I was taking 27. And meanwhile, we have, like, Matt Corral. Uh, he's, good, he's a good spot. Does Kenny more... Pickett grow his hair out, like, real big time? Oh, absolutely. If he goes to Tampa? Tampa Bay? Hell yeah. Yeah. But, like, like Malik Willis in cold-ass Washington and Desmarader in cold-ass Pittsburgh. Meanwhile, <laughs> Kenny you know Pickett's those, making less money. You know those two cities have summers and, like, yeah, like, but like Tampa Bay summers. That's also this game's played in the in the fall and winter. No, I know, but they, the seasons do change. I'm not trying to play in the cold weather. The balls and like a brick in my hand. You already have small hands to begin with. <laughs> I want to just trap you in Connecticut, where I'm from, and just see how you survive. I'm from New Jersey. Yeah, it doesn't sound like it. <laughs> I hate the cold. <laughs> so before we wrap this up, I want to go through. Uh, give me your favorite pick, and then I already know the answer to this question, but your least favorite pick from our mock draft, and I'll give you the same. So we'll just My go with our pick favorites. Is Devin Lloyd, 15, Philly. Yeah. I think the value, I love Devin Lloyd, one of his, one of his biggest fans here. Um, I just think the value is incredible, the player's incredible, the fit's incredible. So that's my favorite pick. My least favorite pick. I'm going to skip past the. No, no, I'm not going to skip past the average. I think Matt Corral at going 18 is early considering Desmond Ritter. I'd pick it on the board. I know we want to design a, a we want to put him in the scheme that 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 Drew Brees played in, but look look Drew Brees is a generational quarterback who's not playing again. Like I think they pick a quarterback and design their offense, which is kind of bare bones right now with Michael Thomas likely leaving, and kind of design the new offense from the best player available, the best quarterback available. So I understand that the if Sean Payton was there, fine. I don't, I don't like I don't hate it as much, but the fact that he's not there, yes, they may intro Holler and Dennis Allen, but I don't like it because. You, the, we've learned time and time again, you can't just throw a quarterback into the offense that you already run. You have to design an offense around him. And so my favorite pick, I'm going to go Kenyon Green. I just think that's the dream scenario. And my least favorite, and not in the sense that it's a bad pick, but just it sucks for them, is Bernard Raymond to the Bengals because I know they're going to be wishing for a better player. Right. Um, but it is what it is. They have to take one. Yeah, I mean, I don't like this, like the player, I just like, they could have had Zion Johnson. They could have had other guys that would have probably fit them a little bit better. But, like, oh, well, you get a six foot seven tackle that has an incredible upside that was yeah, dominant in the senior bowl. Yeah. So, before we wrap it up, I want to thank SportsWave, always, as always, for um, bringing this podcast to you guys. Uh, this is our mock draft 2.0 on this show. Hold on. We have to make a congratulations to you. One K followers on NFL Draft. Oh, thank Geek. you. Thank you. He's a thousand and fifty-five now. Yeah. Well, wow. it's a thousand fifty-four depending on Connor's mood. Because sometimes I change it. <laughs> <laughs> it all depends. That's actually really funny. Yeah. Um. But congratulations. Follow him NFL Draft Geek on Instagram. Follow our. We have a new Instagram for our podcast. Connor, take it away here. This is your. This is your area. Yeah. Follow if you want. Uh, <laughs> Wow, thanks for There's nothing on it. I'm just be honest. But you'll see this We'll get there, there, I guess. Yes, we're putting some stuff up. Thanks, Connor, for once the we can, Once we can record this <laughs> Take some podcast. marketing classes. We go to a school for sports. Take some marketing classes. Yeah, but the Insta's not popping once, yet. There's like 15 followers. Hey, once we can record this, I think once we can put ourselves on take, taking, taking Matt Corral. Yeah. <laughs> 
taking Matt Corral at 18, we can have Chris's reaction. I think that's worthy of a couple likes. <laughs> Stay tuned for the war room after dark where me and Chris go out it outside in the Cola Hall parking lot. That's for our, uh, our good premium, supporters. Our, our our premium, our, premium, premium, pay $7.99 a month for that. It's our Patreon. $7.99 an episode, I think you messed that's up. That's our Patreon. Right. Our I'll beat up Chris for eight bucks. <laughs> Hey, I can fight. Relax here. I'm a I almost pick. got the hands after taking Corral. <laughs> I was standing over to throw like four. Right, at least there. I didn't take him to the Jets. Well, why would you do that? <laughs> Just to see the hands. <laughs> I would consider saying, and with the quarterback at fourteen, but I want. Uh-uh. I, I like life. Yeah. <laughs> All right. With that being said, thank you guys for listening. Check the episode out on Friday as well. And without further ado, see you guys on the flip.